welcome all of you who are here. Oh, my thing got stuck on the cord. All right, there we go. All right. Man, it's good to be home. Some of you didn't even know I was gone. But it's good to be home. Uh, for those of you online joining us, thank you, welcome. We're glad that you're able to be with us too. Uh, as some of you know, if you've been watching our uh, emails and social media and blogs and stuff, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Jen Thompson in a little bit tonight. But there's a few things I want to do first. And first thing I want to say is this weekend is special for a lot of reasons. It's not just Mother's Day. This is the weekend we're starting another set of our rooted groups and our life groups. And um, if you have not signed up for one, it's not too late. In fact, you can just go right on your app, go down to the bottom where it says connect, hit that, go where it says groups, and you're going to see rooted groups, life groups, and uh, you can sign up and they start, some of them start Sunday, some of them start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all throughout the week, so uh, you, you're going to want to check that out and be a part of that. We're, we're firm believers that we really do grow best in a relationship with God, with other people. Like, we, we need other people to, to refine us, to help us, to encourage us, to support us, and so our life groups are, are really, really important for us. Well, I have been gone the last two weekends, uh, but you were well taken care of, right? So like two weeks ago, Justin, very first time he ever preached at church, and he killed it. It was just a great, great message. I was able to be with you guys on Thursday night that weekend before I left town. And then um, last week, Donnie, man, what a great message. In fact, Donnie is so timely. I don't know if you realize this. He gave you tacos on Cinco de Mayo weekend. Did you, know that? Did you notice that connection? I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I thought it was amazing and a great message as well. Well, what I was doing was the last couple of weeks, uh, the first weekend I was gone, I was speaking here in Southern California at a thing called Man Camp. There's just a whole bunch of people just spitting and groaning, rah, 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 doing that kind of thing. There's just a bunch of men up in the mountains. It was great. We were at Hume Lake South and uh, up near Big Bear. It was supposed to be at Angeles Crest, uh, but the, the snow damage up there is still too bad to get to the camp, so they're still working on the roads. But um, anyway, that was great. I spoke four times there, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and then last weekend, I was in Arizona. I speak, spoke at another men's event on Saturday and then at a church twice on Sunday there, a church called uh, Desert Christian Fellowship. Now, most of you don't maybe know that church. Know where it's right in the middle of Phoenix, uh, but it's special to us. Because not only is their pastor a really good friend of Pastor Donnie, they used to serve together at the same church in Reno Valley, um, but when we redesigned this little area between our buildings, we got rid of our original uh, playground set for our preschool, and we gave it to that church. So they sent some guys over and got it. In fact, I'm going to show you something. This is cool. Uh, these are some of the kids on Sunday who were just saying thank you to you because we gave it to them. So check this out. Oh, I forgot to turn this on. That always works better when I turn it on. Say it loud, thank you. Yeah, that's that place that right up there. Okay, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. All right. So those kids, gee. Um, anyway, it was it was so cool to be there with their church, and then um, it was just a great weekend. So. On top of that, just on a personal note, I had a couple of people show up at that church who used to be at our church who live over there and surprised me, and then another friend came, and so it was kind of cool to have those connections as well. Um, but man, like I said, it's just, it's so good to be home, right? Well, this is Mother's Day weekend, and I'm really excited about this. We're starting a brand new series, and the title may not sound very Mother's Day friendly, but we're calling it Family Feud. Now, here's why, okay? I want you to hear what we're going to do the next three weeks. It's just three weeks long. This week is real simple. 
We need to fight for our family. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. Next week, we're going to talk about how to fight with your family. Well, you don't want to miss that one. Everybody bring your own boxing gloves. It's going to be so fun, right? Now, how, how do we, because we don't always agree, and we maybe have extended family, or we have somebody else in our family, so maybe a marriage is like the button heads, whatever. We're going to talk about that next week. And then the final week, we're going to talk about healing family wounds. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a pretty important week for us. It's also the weekend we have our community uh, worship and prayer night here on that Sunday night, and so I, I'm looking forward to that weekend uh, as well. Um, but I, I want you guys to see something that helps you understand what I mean by fighting for your family. This comes out of a book called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. It says, every family fights, but there's a world of difference between when you fight with someone and when you fight for someone. When you fight with someone, you want to win. When you fight for someone, you want that person to win. When you fight with people, walls are built up. When you fight for people, walls come down. When you fight with people, relationships are jeopardized. When you fight for people, relationships are prioritized. So we'll talk about the, the fighting with next week, but this is really about fighting for. And maybe to give us the best picture of this, I went back into classic television. Now, some of you maybe have never seen this show. It is so old. It's like, like me old. It's old, right? I remember watching this as a kid, and most of them were black and white. This is back in the day when television actually was worth watching, <laughs> And it actually had like values and things that they, they taught our, our generation. Like these are good things. And one of my favorite shows of all time is Andy Griffith. So Andy's talking to this guy who just kind of came into town, basically just living off of whatever. And he's gotten Opie's ear. Opie is the son of Sheriff Taylor, right? So that's what's going on. Watch this. It's about Opie. Something wrong? Yeah, there's something wrong. You ate too much? No, it goes a little deeper than that. Well, uh, what is it? You know, I've grown awful fond of that young fellow. What's wrong? Well, there seems to be something wrong with his thinking. He's gotten a little twisted on things lately. Like being able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Oh. Uh, not that that's an easy thing. A lot of grown-ups still struggling with that same problem. But it's especially difficult for a youngster. Because things rub off on him so easy. I see. You're suggesting that maybe I'm not fit company for Opie? That would seem to be the case. Well, Sheriff, maybe I do look at things differently than other people. Is that wrong? I live by my wits. I'm not above bending the law now and then to keep clothes on my back or food in my stomach. I live the kind of life that other people would just love to live if they only had the courage. Who's to say that the boy would be happier your way or mine? Why not let him decide? Now, I'm afraid it don't work that way. You can't let a youngin decide for himself. He'll grab at the first flashy thing with shiny ribbons on it. Then when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. The wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter, it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. And all a parent can do is say, wait, trust me try to keep temptation away. That means that you're inviting me to leave. That's right. Well, you're wearing a badge, so I'll leave. 
wasn't so difficult. Your problem solved. That's where you're wrong. That boy thinks just about everything you do is perfect. So my problem's just beginning. You've left behind an awful lot of unscrambling to be done. Now look here. Goodbye, Mr. Dave. Now that's a parent right there. Can we give him a hand? Yes. You can't let a kid decide. Like I've had people say this, you know, like their, their child's three years old. Well, I'm just going to let them decide whether they want to believe in God or not. Well, they're going to make their own choice, but I think it's up to you to get them to church, right? It's like, yes, they have to make some choices, but the parent's job is to fight for them. And that's what Andy was doing. He's fighting for his son. And we're going to be doing something uh, Friday night, the phase event. Jake talked about this. Um, I really, really invite you. I mean, if you've got kids from, from birth to high school, this is specifically for you. Single parents, married, whatever. It's like, we want you to be here. We got dinner. It's going to be good. We're going to give you some information. But we're also going to be helping you meet some of the other people who, who walk alongside your kids when they're here, maybe on the weekend or on Wednesday nights or whatever it is. Because we want to partner with you. We know we can't do that all by yourself. Okay, listen to this um, verse. Oh, there's the phase event. Listen to this verse. And then we're going to invite Jen up in a second here. Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. Okay, so, you know, we just, we just sing this song about what our God is able to do, how he parted the waters, how he swallowed up their death. You know, like, he's the one to be feared. He's the one that has the power. But when we have that relationship with him, then we literally become a secure refuge and haven for our family, for our kids, for our spouse, for, for our friends. Like we get to be that, especially for our kids. And so with that in mind, I'm gonna invite uh, Jen to come on up here, would you please? Uh, can you give her a hand? Thank you. In fact, let's do this, Mother's Day weekend. There's stairs over there too, you, yeah, you can go that way. Are you, you know, you know what, you're already over here. Go that way. Yeah. No, you should go this way. Okay. All the moms in the room, could you just stand up for a second? All the moms, all the moms, stand up. All right. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. Yes. We're so glad that you are here. You can be seated. There you go. All right. So um, I, I felt like I needed to take a second to explain a little bit about who Jen is, to introduce her, and to help a little bit because. How many of you, just by show of hands, how many of you have been coming here to, to community less than 20 months? Let me see your hands. Okay, so a fair amount of you. Um, 20 months ago, Jen's husband, Jeremy, passed away at, at the age of 40. He was a really good friend of mine. Are you okay? You, you, you're spinning? Yes. Wee! <laughs> All right. Jeremy and I uh, were really good friends. He was our executive pastor. Um, that was actually from a trip we took uh, just a few months. You know what? Let's, let's put it down, and then you can put your foot down, maybe. I'm sorry. I'm going to go up this way, because it makes me... No, I'm not. I won't. I won't. I'm coming down. I'm coming down. <laughs> this one doesn't work. <laughs> that diet worked. There we go. Okay. All right. We didn't plan any of that. That was all off the cuff. All right. So anyway, Jeremy and I are really good friends, um, but... We tragically lost him uh, kind of the end of the summer of 2021. And uh, that, so anyway, that was a picture of, of he and I. But really, Jeremy and, and Jen there. And then I've got a couple more pictures here. This is with their boys, Braden and Logan. 
In fact, Brayden and Logan are running our cameras tonight. Can you give them a hand? Love you guys. Thank you guys so much. And then uh, one more just from this last Easter. Brayden just like took off. And Logan's passing you up too. Sorry. All right. So those boys um, are in uh, seventh and eighth grade. You're about to be ready to have a high schooler, right? Uh, so that's pretty cool. But is that my alarm? Okay, no, I don't have my phone on me. Okay. Um, what we wanted to do is just take a little time and talk about, you know, parenting. But I really wanted to talk to Jen because she has this unique thing. So she's walked through these storms uh, with, her, with her boys, with her children. And I thought we, we could all learn some things uh, from you and from your experience and it can help us. Uh, so let's just start it that way. Like, what have you learned about parenting and life just over these last two difficult years? Yeah, I mean, I would say probably for all of us in this room, these last two, three years have been hard. Like, we've all experienced really hard things that, you know, we were not prepared for. So, yeah, and then these last 20 months, for sure, have just nothing that I ever wanted or imagined, you know, this road I'm walking would be. But, yeah, I feel like something I've learned is that I don't have control over my life or anyone's life I love or care about. Um, so whatever false sense of security I thought I had was just that. It was false. Um, and I found myself, I would never have, like, characterized myself. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll duct tape that or something. Would have characterized myself, like, in the past of like having fear or worry, like it's just not who I ever am. But I would say these last like little bit of time, I have found myself feeling worried and fearful, um, just you know, with what life has brought. And I feel like that, yeah, God has just taught me that He's got me. He's got my boys. You know, the this world raising teenagers feels really scary. You know, I had a lot of people, you know, will say, Man, I'm glad I'm not a teenager now. You know, I can't imagine being a teenager like in this digital world we live in. Um, but I just feel like God really clearly told me that that these kids that we have now, like they're born right now for this time. Like he tells us in his word that he will equip us and guide us and so we have to trust that he's doing that with our kids and that he is um yeah giving them what they need to grow up in this world right now yeah yeah i don't know does anybody else relate to the lack of control thing <laughs> if if we if we thought we were in control before three years ago you know we learned that we're really not and um some of us learned it in some really difficult ways for sure um well, you know, kind of leading through that, like lead, even with the fear, even with the, you know, that you, you still held on to your relationship with God through all of that. And so really, I would just want to know, like, so now with that, like, what are you doing to intentionally fight for? That's our title this weekend. What are you doing to fight for your, your sons and your family? Yeah, I would say when I had thought about that, I mean, the only thing that I know to do is to just pray for them. I pray for their today, their tomorrow, their future, um, and to pray with them. I think it's so important to have our kids like hear us praying over them the promises of God. And so I feel like that's like really the only way I know how to fight for them is to do that and just to, yeah, give them, you know, boundaries here while they're still in our homes before we send them off into the yeah. dark, scary world. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. You talk about, you know, it's kind of scary to raise especially teenagers in a digital world. Um, 
I'll just say it this way. I found, I found my first girly magazine when I was getting ready to go into sixth grade. A buddy and I were on our bikes riding around. And I'm not even making this up. The irony of this is hilarious to me, but we found this magazine in a gutter. Like, literally, we found it in a gutter. Um, but I, I'll tell you right now, I can't even imagine being a teenager now with everything so available. People say that. Yeah, so, um, so how do you fight for them in this digital world? Like, give me, like, give us, like, what do you do as a mom or as a dad? What do you do to protect your kids? I mean, you can't be with them all the time, but what, what are some practical things you're been, you've been doing to protect them in this digital world? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we hand our kids, like, a phone or a computer and just see ya, you know, and then it's just theirs to have and to do what they wish with, and I feel like, that's almost like giving our toddler like knives and vegetables and say, call me when dinner's ready. You know, it's like, we want to do that. It's not safe. It's dangerous. Like yeah. we would bring them in the kitchen and first have the mix and <laughs> measure and then teach them, you know, how to use a knife with the goal. We want them to cook for us someday. Like I, I would like to be able to say that someday, but we want to start there. Yeah. And so I feel like it's the same with, you know, the internet is that we set up those guards now while they're in our home that we teach them you know, what's appropriate, and so to have, you know, apps where, you know, you can, you know, choose what they're downloading or filters on the internet, things at least so that as you're teaching them, you know, how to use it appropriately, and then, you know, wean that off, because obviously you don't want them to be 18 and still with all these boundaries, you want them to have, as they're in your home still, like, learning what it's like to be right. wise with what tools this world has. Yeah. So one of the things you told me about their phones at bedtime, tell, tell everybody about that. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I've hung out with teenagers since I was like 20. So like five years. <laughs> I was going to say seven. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, I've hung out with teenagers for like my whole adult life. And so I know teenagers well. And so I just know the dangers and the damage that causes um, their little minds and their bodies. And so yeah, we plug phones in in the dining room, like, at nighttime, and they, that's where they stay. So, you yeah, mean, I think it's... They don't a, take them to bed with them at night, no. their phones. They don't have them with them. No. You can do that as a parent? You can. You yes, are the parent. actually, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> so I encourage you to do that. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch there. Uh, we could probably spend a lot of time just on that and safeguards, uh, filters. Those kinds of things are really important. But I, I love what you said, too. It's like, w but when they hit that age of 18 and they're going, you already need to be giving them some freedom to make some choices, to learn some things the hard way, but we're still, we're still responsible for them. So there's some wisdom in all that. Um, what's, one, what's one thing you know, as difficult as the last 20 months or so have been, what's one thing you know you've gotten right? I don't know. I mean, I don't know except for that, like, I just make it a priority that I'm spending time with Jesus every day because I know he is my strength, he is, if I don't, like I just know I'm not gonna be a good mom or a good friend or a good teacher or whatever different hats and roles I play throughout my day. Yeah. So I just know that that is what, um, yeah, I feel like is really important. Yeah, well that's good. Well, I just didn't wanna leave that one up to you because I knew you would struggle. Like, <laughs> what am I doing right? So I asked your parents. They're also friends of mine. Here's a few things they said. They said, one, you're a great role model for your boys through a very difficult season. They said, you give them grace uh, because it's difficult for them too. 
So it's not just hard on you, it's, it's hard for them. They lost their dad. Um, also, keeping them active and moving forward. And um, your mom specifically said, the way you like play games with them, like on a regular basis at night, you're not just, you go to your room and watch TV, I'm gonna go to my room and watch TV. Like you, you hang out together and play games. What, what's some of your favorite games right now? What do you guys like to play? We love playing board games, so Catan's one of our favorites right oh, now. Oh yeah. I played Catan like twice and uh, played with my brother-in-law, and he's like a Catan fiend, and I beat him both times, and I don't think I'm ever gonna play again. <laughs> I'm just gonna hang that over his head for the rest of our lives, you know? So anyway, that's a great game, though. Um, now as, as a single parent, I mean, I know that wasn't your plan, right? Uh, but as a single parent, how are things different? How do you, how do you look at you know, the help, the extended family? Like, like, talk about the help that you've had and experienced. Yeah, I, I mean, I would even say even as a new mom, when, you know, Jeremy and I were raising our kids, like, we needed our family, we needed them from the beginning, we relied on that community and that support from our family and friends, so, I mean, I think it's just always important to have, you know, surrounding yourself with people, but even more so, I mean, literally, like, every day, like, I need, I can't take my kids to school um, any day, and so just... Yeah, what time do you have to be to school? She's the kindergarten teacher. 7, 7 a.m. early. <laughs> what time do your boys have to be at school? Nine. Yeah, you can't just drop them at the curb for two hours, right? So you have, you have friends that help with that. Yeah, I have so many family yeah. and friends that help um, just support us in those practical things. And okay. What, what are some other things that people do that maybe just support you, like personally? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I cannot tell you how many timely messages I've gotten from people where, I mean, even just today, as I was getting off of work and just preparing to come down here and, you know, wanting to just spend a little bit of time in prayer, I literally got a text message from someone I don't text with often and just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you and praying for you. And so I just feel like so many times, I can't even count the amount of times that's happened where, yeah, people just are encouraging and... Yeah. Reach out when people, you know, when someone comes to your mind. I feel like that's because that's God putting them on your mind and they need it. And so go tell them if, if you know, God brings someone to your mind. Yeah. So I don't know how many of you have had that, that sense, that feeling like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. Oh, I'll check with them later. Because we have the technology now, we literally can just call them or text them right then. And there's times I've blown that feeling off. And I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, there's other times... Like, I made that call or made that text. And how many times has somebody said, wow, I needed that right now? So, like, I think God prompts us to check on our friends and stuff, and we need that. So, single or married, as parents, we, we still need outside help. We need that. Um, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a church, and so, yeah, we talk about God. We talk about Jesus. How do you bring God into your relationship with your boys? Like, what intentionally do you do to help with that? Yeah, I mean, we just, from when they were young, you know, we spent time reading um, the Bible together and talking. We talk a lot and pray together. Um, but even just modeling for them, like, I think it's so important for our kids to, like, see us, you know, having our own relationship with Jesus as they see us, you know, reading our Bibles or praying or, um, and even just modeling what it looks like to have humility like, that's one thing that Jeremy led our family so well in, and I just, like, follow his lead, and that he was so good at um, when, you know, as parents, we mess up. 
we don't want our kids to know, but we do. It's hard. Parenting is hard, and we make mistakes and mess up. And so when we're able to, you know, come to them humbly and say, I'm sorry for, you know, whatever it was, I think that that's just, like, such a good example for them to see um, yeah. us being able to, you know, ask forgiveness for how we, what we said or what we did. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Michelle and I, she, she's better than me and everything, but... Um, there were, we, we literally talked about that when our kids were little. Like, we need to be able to say to them that we're sorry, that we blew it. We need to model for them what it looks like to have an honest, like, I am sorry. And not, not, I'm sorry you made me lose my cool. Like, that's not an apology, by the way, right? No, I, I'm sorry I, I said something I shouldn't have said or I acted the way I shouldn't have said. So that, that's a key thing. But that brings God into the conversation because now we're talking about, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation and those kinds of things that we talk about in the Word of God. Um, you, you said something else, too, I liked, and you said, our kids need to see us read the Bible ourselves, and I always struggle with that. I read my Bible every day, but I don't like distractions, so I would always go somewhere where they wouldn't see me, you know, but I thought, I think there's times they just need to see me reading it, too, right? So I need to figure out that balance. I, I think that was a wise thing to come up with there. Um, how do you see the value of the church? in helping you raise your kids, not, not just in their faith, but just like helping you raise your kids. How, how, how do you see the church in this? Yeah, I think it's just so valuable and important. Like I even remember myself as a kid and as a teenager, like the impact that my youth leaders and church leaders had like on my life and my walk with the Lord. And so I know how important that is to, you know, get them involved and have other adults, you know, being able to speak into them and that they can see other people living their life out who are living their faith out, who are just, you know, five years ahead of them, 10 years, 20, you know, and just see what that looks like and not just hearing it from mom and mom and dad their whole yeah. life. Yeah, that's good. And one, one of our specific prayers when our, as our girls grew up, as they got, became adults, as they're like, they're old themselves now. So as they grew up in this process, uh, one of our prayers never changed was, God, bring other voices into their life that speak your truth, because sometimes they hear it from us over and over and over and over, and then all of a sudden they hear it from somebody else, and like a light bulb goes on. And by the way, parents, you should not be upset about that. You laid the groundwork, and maybe God used somebody else to light that, that fuse, you know, but it's like we need to pray for other people to be a part of that whole thing. So that's good. Um, what about, what would you say um, about being present, I, and I think we, we had a discussion about this, so I don't know how to, the best way to ask the question, but, but being present in this moment, in this season, um, what, what would you say about that? Yeah, I think that that was like one of the best like pieces of advice I was given, and I feel like it's just been so helpful in like all seasons of life, is just whatever season we're in is just to enjoy that, and like it's my favorite, so like my current favorite parenting season is right now, 13 and 14 year olds. Um, and when they were toddlers, I would have said my favorite season is raising toddlers. Um, it's so easy to, you know, have grown kids and miss the baby stage or, you know, feeling exhausted in that stage and longing for like the next. And you just miss out on so much when you're always wishing for what you don't have or what, you, what season you're not in. And so, um, yeah, I feel like it's really helped that my mindset even too, to just um, be present with whatever season I'm currently in. Um, and I think that goes for not just parenting, but for anyone, whether you're, you know, 
single, a kid, grandparent, you know, just to enjoy whatever season you're in and to, you know, not wish for what you don't have or, you know, long for something different and instead look for what you can do, like in the current season that God has you in. Yeah, because we, we get stuck really easily. I'll be happy when, and it's, there's always something else, you know, and if, if it's I'll be happy when I get a new car, well, then you get a new car, and you're like, well, then they come out with a new model. Well, I'll be happy when I get that one. It's just, it's never ending, right? So being happy, in the, my, my parents taught us the same thing. Uh, we talked about that when our girls were born. Um, enjoy every season. Um, and I see the same thing. Like some parents are like, oh, I can't wait till they can walk. And guess what happens as soon as they start walking? I wish they'd sit down, you know? I can't wait till they talk. I can't wait till they shut up. You know, it's like, enjoy that moment because they really are like this event. They are phases and they, some of them, they go through very quickly. So like, enjoy that moment, be present in that moment with them. Um, well, and, and I feel like when you yeah. have little ones too, those toddler, the days are long and you know, you hear people say, enjoy it like it goes so fast and you're like so fast like it's still the same day like this day is forever in the toddler years I mean those days just seem like they go on those years and then you get to elementary and then the time makes up for itself because the elementary years fly by but yeah so it's just I feel like so important just be enjoy the present season and it's your favorite whatever season you're in it's your favorite season. Okay, wise counsel right there. You guys appreciate Jen tonight. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can go down either set of stairs. Either, either way you want to go. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, all right. That was so cool. Thank you for sharing with us. And um, there's all kinds of reasons why I wanted to interview her. Over the last year or so, we've been just like, I've been watching for opportunities. I felt like Mother's Day was kind of that perfect thing where we could kind of deal with some different issues, but um, very, very brilliant young lady right there. And even though she's been doing ministry now for five years, ever since she was 20, um, that's, that's really cool. Uh, the reason though, the reason I admire Jen and the way she's walked through what she's walked through as difficult as it has been is because of something Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven. And I want you to see this and maybe it's familiar to you. If it's not, Jesus' is the end of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest recorded message of Jesus. And at the very end of it, he says this. Therefore, because of what he said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. See, the reason I admire Jen is because she already had the foundation. She was already standing on the rock. Doesn't mean it was easy. And some of you are in the same place, right? You've you've had the storm. This is, not, this is not an if the storm comes. This is when the storm comes. And some of you have been through that, and you're standing, and you're here. And it's remarkable to watch what people do when they cling to God, even when everything else has fallen apart. So I, I go to that verse. It just reminds me to cling to Jesus, whatever is going on. And then there's one more verse I want to share with you, and then we'll figure out how to wrap this up. 
Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I, I got a statement for you. I don't know if you like this or not. I think the most dangerous place to be on the planet is between God and a child. If we keep children away from him, I, I just don't want to be there. And I started out as a youth pastor. I, I've done youth ministry. I've, I've talked to kids all my life. It's like the one thing I notice that sometimes parents do, I'm just going to warn you as parents, just please don't do this. Some parents use the church or the youth group or, or a, a church outing as like camp, as, as like the punishment. You know, you did what you weren't supposed to do. We're going to take away what you love most. Well, man, take away their phone, but don't take away their opportunity to get closer to Jesus. Take the door off their room. That's okay. But don't take away their opportunity to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So I just encourage you with that. But there's a quick way for me to just kind of explain it all. And this is as Mother's Day kind of message stuff. Let me just give you four key things real quick. We want to hear our kids. Moms and dads, we want to hear them. What does that mean? Oh, oh, I hear them. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about listening to them. I probably was that dad that at times I could tell where this conversation was going and I didn't want to hear it. I'd put the brakes on that. I don't like, I don't like where this is going. So the worst thing I could do is cut them. I needed to be able to listen. There's, there's a funny movie with uh, Steve Martin, Queen Latifah, called Bringing Down the House. It's, it was a few years ago. I don't know if you remember this. But as a dad, I watched that, and I was floored because there's this one scene where dad is listening to his daughter, like for the first time, like literally listening to her. And she's saying things that just creeps him out. But he's like, he hangs with it. Like he listens. And what a difference that made in their connection, their relationship. Instead of just stopping and trying to fix this problem that we see coming, we need to be able to hear them. We need to be able to listen. We need, we need to hug them. Affection looks different down through the years. Did you know that? Like a little baby, like, oh, oh. That would be weird if you dropped them off at high school and did this first. Like, oh, and they're like, legs are hanging everywhere. Like, oh, my little baby. You know, every now and then I think it's good to embarrass them. If you drop them off at middle school, I think it's okay, right? But no, there still needs to be affection, even though it kind of molds and shifts over time. We need to give them hope. I don't, I don't mean like false hope, like pie in the sky hope. How many of you have ever told a kid? I mean, just, it's okay if you raise your hand, but it's, it's dumb when we say it. But raise your hand if you ever told a kid, if you work hard enough, you could be whatever you want to be. Anybody ever say that? That's the dumbest thing ever. If my parents would have said, Johnny, you could be whatever you want. You just got to work hard. And I'm saying, I want to be a center for the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't care how hard I'd work. That is not happening, right? There are some limitations based on my size, like, right? So my skill set, there's all kinds of things, right? We're not talking about like a, a mindless pie in the sky hope, but we're talking about painting for them like this preferred future. That's what vision is all about. And we want to give them hope, like with Christ, you know, whatever happens, we're going to be able to get through that. It's like, that, that's the hope that maybe right now it looks difficult and dark and, and dismal, like, but with, with Christ, we're going to make it through this. That, that's the hope of our, our preferred future. And then help. We need to give them help, skills. 
I don't know what your kids are going to do. I know that very few of them are going to become legitimate pro athletes. I, I try to tell people that at T-ball all the time. I don't think any of these kids are going to make it. I can just tell by looking at them, right? One year we were with our youngest. She was, it was, it was T-ball, and it was so funny. But there was one little girl. Her name was Lily. Lily is not a pro athlete. I'm going to tell you that right now, right? A couple of those girls, you're like, man, she's a good athlete. She's only seven. You know, like, you know, after T-ball, they go on, you start pitching to them. Like, Lily one time was standing next. I was, I, was, I was one of the coaches out in the field. And then when they're little, you stand out in the field with them. So I'm kind of between first and second base. And I told Lily, Lily, you're second baseman. You're supposed to stand over there. And I walked over here and here she comes. <laughs> Lily, come here, come here. I put an X in the dirt. Lily, stand right there. You're second base. I'm going to go over here. She comes over here. She looks at me and she goes, you're the only place there's shade. <laughs> okay, you can stay. You know, it's like she's not going to be a pro athlete. I just know that, right? So how do we help them? Yeah, we can get them involved in sports. We can get them involved in clubs. We can help them with their education. Maybe the most important thing we can do, yeah, help them in a relationship with Christ, but help them understand relationships and how they work. They're going to need that whatever their job is, wherever they go to school, whatever they do, they're going to need relationship help. So we're going to help. But here's the thing I'm going to finish with, and we're going to spend some time praying for you parents. I believe we need to fight for and give help to kids who don't really have a family. In our church, we're very intentional about what missions we support. And we have local missions and missions abroad. So, for example, we have a mission in Kenya. We're going to be taking another team. We haven't gone since COVID. We're taking another team next summer. So we're going to be going to the slums in Nairobi and working with kids in a school that we support there. Many of us sponsor kids. We're, we're going to have the directors of that mission here next fall. We're going to have a big sponsorship opportunity if you would like to be a part of that and sponsor a child. The cool thing is when our team goes, we get to see the kids we sponsor. So that's it's an amazing thing. But... They, they deal with thousands and thousands of kids. This is like one of those places we feel like we invest financially and with our time and our effort where we're helping kids who maybe don't, who don't have a family system. We have uh, our ministry in Cambodia, plants churches, but a lot of what they do and then is, is children's ministry in those churches. And we talk about that and we train them with that kind of thing. Right here in our own valley, My City Youth Center, uh, Calicento Ranch, Valley Restart, they all have components for kids. And so we, we support them financially. We help them. It's like we, we volunteer at those places because we want to make sure that we're able to help people sometimes who don't have that help and that infrastructure of the family that maybe God intended. But we can come alongside them and be that family for them. Listen to this. This is a, a variation of a very old quote. 100 years from now, it won't matter what kind of car you drove or what house you lived in, but it will matter. But it will matter. That's not even a correct sentence. I'm going to fix that later. But it will matter that you made a difference in the life of a child. I varied it so much it doesn't even make sense now. So sorry about that. But, but here's how I want to wrap this up. If you're a parent, that includes grandparents, because in order to be a grandparent, you have to be a parent, all right? So if you're a parent, could you just stand up? Just stand up for a second. 
I will say this, those of you watching online, if you have questions, you want to email us, office at community.cc, you can. You can use the, the app to let us know decisions and all of that. But I want us to just pray for a moment for all of you parents. There's a bunch of you in this room right now. Because I know it's not easy. And like Jen said, sometimes we blow. Sometimes we have to say we're sorry, like we blew it. But I just want to encourage you. you you're, you're involved in the, the highest calling on the planet, I believe. The children are a blessing. And so let me pray for you. God, thank you for the people who are standing right now. Parents and grandparents. And God, even those not standing, sometimes their aunts and uncles and friends, they, they have an influence as well. But I just want to specifically pray for the parents and grandparents. That God, you would give them wisdom. We live in a challenging, difficult world. And may they choose now not to try to figure that out on their own. May they walk closer to you than they've ever walked so they can lean on your wisdom and your direction. God, let them see the value of partnering with the church, partnering with other friends, not trying to do it all by themselves. Let them know, God, that you established this family so that we can all be encouraged and all be helped. God, I thank you, God. May they pass on to their kids and their grandkids, the most important thing ever, a relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Good to be home. Go get some ice cream. See you next week.